everybody, Wannabe Reviewer here, and welcome back to the Wannabe Podcast, episode 69. That's right, that number. Get your jokes out of the way now. Uh, but yeah, that out of the way, guys. Uh, really quickly, just wanted to say before we start, last week I said I was going to try to have a guest on this week. In fact, it was going to be a friend of mine, you know, been friends with him for quite a while. Really been wanting to have him on here just so he can experience, you know, being on the podcast because I've talked to him about it before. But I don't know. He's just been MIA recently. Don't really know what his deal is. So that kind of fell through. And unfortunately, you know, this episode will have to be a solo one. Which, yeah, episode 69 is going to be all about some solo action. So isn't that ironic? But uh, that out of the way, though, guys, do have quite a bit of a podcast lined up, you know, have plenty of things to talk about. And in fact, I have some important like news slash updates to discuss at the end of the podcast. So if you guys can stick around to the end and, you know, hear all of that, I'd appreciate it. And yeah, I mean, that out of the way, though, I guess we'll start with my week as usual. And the first thing I want to talk about, picking up where I left off last week, you might remember that I talked about an anime that I started watching called Id Invaded. And for anyone who, you know, listened to last last week's podcast and last week's episode, I said that Id Invaded was this really interesting, what I called it was, uh, basically like the Matrix meets the Inception. You have this detective guy that he basically dives into like the consciousness of killers and he tries to use this weird landscape that's all you know fragmented and weird and symbolic and stuff to try to find clues about like the killers and the crimes that they did and kind of the, sh- the shtick of the story is that to in order to enter these id wells uh you know id as in the psychological term for like id there's you know ego super ego and id uh basically in order to enter these id wells you yourself have to be a killer though And so we learned that our main character, despite working with the police, you know, at the moment, trying his best to play nice, he actually used to be like a a, a, police officer that in the past, his uh, daughter was murdered and it drove him basically to look for revenge and, you know, kind of take laws into his own hands against that serial killer. And so now, right now, you know, as the anime is going on, he's in prison, but he is working closely with the police. And so I watched a a couple more episodes. Watched up to episode four. And all I can say is I continue to really like the anime. I think it continues to be interesting. I think the premise is interesting. I think the way that they are really creative with, you know, the whole dive into the mind of killers thing is interesting. I think the main character is pretty cool. You know, I really like him. He's really smart and like interesting, flawed, all sorts of stuff. And I just like that he's like really hardcore. Like in episode... Uh, I forget if it was episode three or four, but one of those episodes that when you kind of see him push the killer like to the brink and makes him do something like he kind of makes you go like, wow, you know, like this guy isn't joking around. Like he he's serious about really hating these guys and the police don't want to work with him. Like I said last week, they kind of know that he's kind of like a rabid dog and it's kind of dangerous to work with him, but he's just so good at what he does that they kind of, you know, have to deal with it. So yeah, it invaded. I've up to episode four now. Keep enjoying the the the, se- the series. I continue to think it's really good. I think if you enjoy, like I said before, you know, like sci-fi-ish, psychological, you know, um, police crime mystery stuff i think you'll like this and yeah i recommend it i think it's pretty good it's called id invaded so you know hopefully if you're interested check out id invaded and you know i think you'll have a good time with it i think it's a pretty interesting really creative show so there you go 
Uh, moving on, something else that I really got into doing this week. I don't even know like why, it's just something I had kind of heard about before, but I just started looking at it and see if it was possible and I really got into it. And I've done it before with like my Wii and my DS and that sort of thing. But this time I dove into the world of soft modding uh, the Nintendo Switch. And yeah, you know, it's honestly way easier than I thought it was going to be. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, soft modding versus hard modding, it's a form of like hacking where hard modding means that you actually like take apart the system, you know, you add something to it, usually through like soldering or, you know, you actually like, physically take it apart and add something. Soft modding means that you use exploits and like files and like payloads and that sort of thing to make the system act different from how it usually would. And usually soft modding is safer because like I said, you're just messing around with files versus actually messing with like the physical, you know, electronic. And sure enough, soft modding the Switch is actually extremely easy. And if you have the right type of Switch, it's incredible because you basically like add stuff to the SD card, you use it like in its hacked version. And then as soon as you turn it off and turn it back on, basically like there's no trace of the fact that you were using a hacked switch until you like, you know, kind of like reboot it and like insert the stuff again. So it makes it like super safe basically. So you don't have to like even worry about your switch getting messed up. And so, yeah, I've just been having fun this last week, just really diving into that. Uh, hacking the switch is awesome. It lets you add emulators, uh, basically up to like the, well, I haven't tried them all out yet, but I know like the Game Boy Advance ones, all the Game Boy ones work, you know, Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance. Those emulators work. Uh, the Nintendo one works. The Super Nintendo one works. N64 is where it starts to get like a little bit, you know, dicey. Some games you can play them regular. Some of them you do kind of need to like overclock the system a little bit. And I did try out a GameCube game. I tried uh, Super Mario Sunshine to see if it would work. And when I clock overclocked it basically like to like, I think it says to like its maximum performance or something like that. The game actually ran really smoothly. So I think that's really cool. So yeah, you know, uh, soft modding your Switch lets you use emulators, lets you run games, you know. Like I said, I tried everything from like the handhelds to like the GameCube. And it seems like with some tweaking, it really worked. And uh, oh, I also tried the uh, uh, Nintendo DS game. I actually tried The World Ends With You, the Nintendo DS version to see if it works. And like, even that worked with a bit of uh, tweaking too. So like, that was really cool. So yeah, I'm excited to keep, you know, looking into that, seeing if maybe, you know, stuff like the Dreamcast works, stuff like the PS1, that sort of thing. So that's exciting. And another thing you can do is, you know, you can obviously add uh, homebrew apps to the Switch, which basically means that it's like apps that like hack the hacking community themselves made. Uh, sometimes it's little like games. Sometimes it's apps that let's, like let you access stuff you, you normally wouldn't, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, with this hacked switch, you can actually uh, insert your game cartridge and you can dump the game file onto the SD card. So let's say I don't feel like carrying around my Super Mario Odyssey card. If I dump it onto the SD card, I can now play Super Mario Odyssey Odyssey off of the SD card without having to work without having to worry about carrying around the cartridge like that's really cool and of course with that comes the fact that if you're you know interested in it of course I mean, it's one of those things where of course I'm gonna say you know 
I would say don't go there, you know, always try to respect Nintendo and pay for your products, that sort of thing. But if you're interested, piracy itself is possible. Like if you are willing to sail the seven seas, you can even find ways to like download game files themselves, install them to your SD card, and basically get Switch games for free. You know, so yeah, a lot is possible when you hack your Switch. So yeah, guys, I mean, I've been busy with like this, the the soft mind of the Wii, of the Switch. I mean, sorry, I was gonna say Wii. I'm so used to, uh, I'm so used to working with Wiis, that's why. Because I've done everything with the Wii before. But yeah, I'm, uh, if you're interested in soft modding your Switch, I'd say go for it. You know, I think it's definitely really interesting what you can do with it. And not only that, but it's just a lot of fun when you sit there and kind of tinker with the, the electronic. You know, I think it's really fun. So yeah, that's one of the things I've been doing. I've been having a lot of fun with it. Hopefully one of these days I'll try to stream, maybe show off all the cool stuff I have on the system and yeah for now you know like i said if you're interested i would say look it up i think it's a lot of fun but do be careful because of course you know as with anything else there is always a risk of you know downloading viruses as they're looking for files or you know breaking your system that sort of thing but you know if you feel like you can be responsible and be careful i think it's a lot of fun and you know i'd say go for it so there you go Alrighty guys, finally, the last thing I want to talk about that I did this week, and it sucks because I really wanted to record a video of it, but during the event, you know, it was like a two-day event thing, one day was super rainy, the next one, it was all muddy, and people were kind of crying around, and it was kind of dark, and I just couldn't really get good footage. Like, I really wanted to record some footage, but I just couldn't really get any good footage, but uh, during the last weekend, I went to like my cities like yeah you can see my city i guess uh yeah i went to my city's matsuri festival and for anyone who doesn't know you know this is my second year going to the festival matsuri festival is basically like this big like celebration of japanese culture uh basically when you go there you know this time it was held at like this big park and they had all sorts of like, japanese food to try out I mean, you have to buy it, of course, and it is a bit pricey, but, you know, I think it's worth it because it's a different experience. So there's all sorts of, like I said, food to try out, uh, all sorts of desserts. They have all sorts of live events going on, you know, like, uh, like taiko drummers and bands. And at one point during, like, the first day when I was leaving that, you know, the rain had settled down a little bit, they basically had, like, a Super Sentai show you know, they were performing on stage. That was really fun. Uh, they have a lot of merch for sale. Since I didn't really get footage, hopefully in the near future, I'm going to try to do a video where I show off more of my merch, you know, since the last video I did for like my third anniversary where I showed off all the merch I got. Since then, I've bought like a whole bunch more stuff. Well, not like a whole bunch, but you know, I bought some more stuff. So, you know, I have like a figure I'll try to uh, show off. I have, uh, what else did I get? It was a figure, a, ma a little max thing, a few like Yu-Gi-Oh cards and stuff. I mean, just a few like trinkets here and there. I'll try to show those off. And just, yeah, you know, overall, I just had a really fun time. And yeah, you know, I'll just say that, you know, if you ever hear about a Mitsuri festival happening near you, I would say go. I think it's a whole lot of fun. And yeah, especially if you're interested like in Japanese culture, being able to have like the chance to buy merch and food and see these like uh, live shows and stuff, I think it's a lot of fun, you know? So like I said, unfortunately I don't have a video to show, wasn't able to get any good footage, but trust me, it was a fun time. If you kind of want to get an idea of what a Ritsuri Festival is, you can check out my last year's video. I think that kind of gives like a good idea. And yeah, guys, that's basically what I did with my week. So, you know, there you go.
Alrighty, guys, and with that out of the way, I guess we'll transfer over into the news. Uh, something I'm noticing, though, about, you know, like, the last thing I talked about and the first news story, uh, I, I didn't even, like, plan to schedule it this way, but looking at it, it is kind of ironic that one follows the other. Uh, you'll see what I mean in a moment, but transferring over to the news, as the article of the first news story says, Microsoft cancels GDC 2020 presence due to coronavirus concerns. So for anyone who doesn't know, the GDC is the Game Developers Conference, and basically during the Game Developers Conference, uh, it's not one of the, those big ones that I usually follow. I don't really follow it as much as like E3 or Game Awards or, you know, that sort of thing. But from what I know, it's supposed to be a pretty big event where basically all of these different, you know, publishers and game companies and stuff come together to, you know, show off stuff, I guess. You know, whether it's games or software or, or whatever. And it sucks because, you know, if you read like the first line, it says following Sony... Facebook, Kojima Productions, Epic Games, Unity, and more, Microsoft has canceled its presence at Game Developers Conference 2020 due to concerns surrounding the novel coronavirus, and it says like COVID-19 or something like that. I guess that's a code for it. And yeah, it really sucks. Um, it really sucks to see how this disease, virus thing, has really started to affect events you know uh because i know i had heard you know like okay so this is getting canceled it's in uh san francisco california i guess people are just wary about traveling and infecting each other that sort of thing but i had also heard that you know uh i think there was like different movie viewings in different countries that are getting canceled uh, i think there was like a movie that was supposed to start shooting i don't remember what movie it was i, I, I know it was some sort of famous movie though that's supposed to begin shooting like this month but same thing, because of the coronavirus, they're kind of delaying, you know, the beginning of production. And so, yeah, it's just one of those things that I want to share because it's so crazy how the coronavirus is really affecting travel and events and all that stuff, you know? So I just kind of want to throw that out there. And uh, I guess the reason I, I said it feels kind of hypocritical or it feels kind of weird for this to follow my last story is because, you know, yeah, you know, if you always read the tips and stuff they give, it always says to like, you know, obviously like wash your hands. Uh, if you're going to cough, you know, cover your, your mouth, that sort of thing. It says to try to avoid travel, you know, and staying away from large groups of people, that sort of thing. And I was definitely going to give you guys the same tips, you know. I was going to say, you know, if you're going to travel, make sure you try to stay safe and avoid big crowds, that sort of thing. But then I noticed I feel like kind of a hypocrite saying that when I just went to like this huge festival where there was all these people everywhere, you know. And so that's why I was, as I was looking at the docket, I ended up feeling like a bit hypocritical because here I am telling people, yeah, you know, try to stay safe and don't go in big crowds and like that sort of thing. And I just spent the last weekend at a festival where, yeah, you don't know if people were traveling from other countries and stuff, so I don't know. I mean, luckily, I don't seem to be sick. You know, I'm in perfect health, as far as I know, and, you know, that's good at least. But yeah, guys, just seeing how, you know, Microsoft and all these other companies basically, you know, canceled their presence at the game uh, developers conference. Yeah, you know, it's just getting very real is what I guess I want to say. You know, it really sucks, but it seems like a lot of, like I said, events are really getting affected by this 
disease virus thing and i know that a lot of it is spreading a lot of people are getting sick so yeah i just want to say guys you know be careful if you're traveling make sure to stay as healthy as you can all that good stuff and there you go you know just be careful guys i guess that's all i can really say so yeah Alright guys, luckily moving on, the rest of the news isn't that much of a bummer, you know? While the first news story is kind of a bummer because it has to do with, you know, all these companies canceling on the games conference and people being sick and, you know, that sort of thing. Luckily, the rest of the stories are more positive. Uh, in fact, the first one is something that I'm pretty excited for. Uh, as the title of the, of the second, I mean, yeah, as the second video game article says... Yacht Club Games has two new games in development. Now, for anyone who doesn't know, or maybe like they feel like they've heard of Yacht Club, but they don't know who that is. Yacht Club is this awesome little indie studio. They're the ones who made Shovel Knight. And it's funny because, you know, what began as a Kickstarter with them making this little retro styled game. I mean, think about how far Shovel Knight has come. Like he's had a bunch of cameos and a bunch of stuff. I mean, he is a suit of armor and bloodstained and he is like a trophy in Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. I mean, like the game little, the little game company and its character has come super far. And it's crazy because even though they're like a little game studio and they've been around for like a few years now, all of it has been dedicated has been dedicated to Shovel Knight because they basically just kept adding, you know, features and features and features. And so, yeah, I thought it was really exciting that finally they're teasing that they have two new games in development. Uh, unfortunately, that's kind of where the story ends. They don't really say what kind of games they are or when they're going to launch them or when we're going to hear any news about them. But I still think that's pretty cool. You know, I think the fact that they're working on two games is really awesome. And if you read kind of, you know, some of the comments in, you know, some of the forums where people are talking about this, uh, people are saying that, yeah, they hope that, you know, Yacht Club has done such a good job of emulating like the NES style with uh, Shovel Knight that they're hoping that they're hoping that maybe the next two games, uh, maybe one of them will be, you know, more like an N64 game where it'll be like more of like a 3D platformer. People thought that'd be cool. Uh, other people are saying it'd be cool if they did like a 2D style like Zelda game, uh, you know, like a top down view sort of thing. I think that'd be pretty cool too. But uh, for now, it's just speculation. You know, we don't really know what they're going to make. For all we know, they're going to make something totally different. But like I said, I just think the fact they're making two new games and that they felt comfortable enough to announce it, I think that's really cool. Hopefully that's like a tease and maybe they'll reveal something soon, like maybe at E3 or something. And yeah, I'm excited. I think that sounds cool. I definitely want to see what Yacht Club has in store. And if you like Yacht Club and their work, you know, and if you're looking forward to it, then keep looking forward to it. Keep an eye out for it, and there you go. Alrighty, guys. Speaking of something else that I'm super excited for, I've been covering this story. I, it wasn't last May, the week before that, but it's a little bit of an update. But uh, if you guys remember, I mentioned that The Wonderful 101, this awesome little underrated game by uh, Platinum Games, I had mentioned that they had launched a Kickstarter, and it seemed that like not only was the Kickstarter definitely met, like within like a few hours, but it looked like it was making enough like stretch goal money to hopefully add some new stuff to the game. And sure enough, you know, it seems like the game, it's not so really so much that they needed the money. I think that they kind of just wanted to know that the interest was there because as the title of this article states, The Wonderful 101 Remastered launches May 19th in North America, May 22nd in Europe, and June 11 in Japan. So I think that's pretty soon. You know, especially compared to other Kickstarters, there's definitely a few Kickstarters that I, 
have followed. Uh, I mean, there's still a few that I am following that let's say I, you know, helped kickstart it. You know, I, I funded a, a part of it back in like 2018. There's some games that still I haven't gotten yet. Even though they had said they were going to try to be done like in eight months, there's games that still I haven't gotten. Because over time, I guess they just really like take the money and they really build upon it and they end up making the game bigger than they thought it was going to be and working on making it the best it can be, polish, all that sort of stuff. It ends up taking a while. But yeah, you know, um, I guess I'm trying to say is that, yeah, I'm glad that the game seems to be coming sooner than you would think. You would think that, like I said, with it being a Kickstarter, maybe it would take a while. But it seems that no, you know, it seems like they just have the port or whatever ready to go. And yeah, I think they're just trying to see who's interested, you know, in the game. And I'm definitely interested. I love the Wonderful 101. I think it's awesome how the game just gets hyper and hyper and hyper the more you play, you know? I feel like the levels of hype just never die. It's almost like a trigger anime where, you know, you start off on one place and you just keep escalating and escalating and escalating until you reach like, the final episode. And the final episode is like this huge spectacle and whatever. I feel like this game is kind of like that. And yeah, you know, guys, I would say if you haven't heard of this game, definitely check it out. Um, I believe when this goes up you know this podcast i think it should have a few days left of the kickstarter so you know if you can try to kickstart the game you know uh from what i know i think you can get like a uh, either a digital copy for pretty cheap or you can you know give a little more money a little more money to try to get yourself a uh, physical edition and even then i think the physical edition still comes out less to what you would pay in a store you know, so I think it's worth it. I think the wonderful one, wonderful 101 is an awesome, really fun, really unique game. And like I said, just seeing this new story and hearing that the game is coming, you know, pretty relatively soon. I think that's awesome. I'm looking forward to it. And, you know, as usual, if you're looking forward to it as well, keep an eye out for it and, you know, stay excited. So there you go. Alrighty, with uh, with that being said, this last news story kind of ties into the last one because if anyone remembers when I first brought up the uh, the Kickstarter story about the Wonderful 101, part of the story that I mentioned is that apparently Platinum Games, the people who make, you know, the Wonderful 101, Nier Automata, Bayonetta, that sort of thing, they apparently had a website where they were basically teasing four big announcements you know and after the wonderful 101 was like revealed that they're making a, a remaster you know remake thing of it they filled that in and they said there was three more surprises to go well basically you know we have our second uh announcement we don't know too much about it yet but as the title of the article states platinum games introduces hideki kamiya directed hero game project gg and it's pretty cool you know uh, if you read about it, basically it seems like what we really have so far, uh, it says, uh, I'm trying to skip down to where it talks about it. It says, the magazine shows a boy posing, body covered in pale light, and transforming into a giant to fight against a kaiju. Now, for those of you who don't know, kaiju basically means like big monster, you know, think Godzilla or any of like those guys that he like goes up against. And so that's pretty cool that apparently, you know, uh, Platinum's second announcement is that they're making this, like, action game where, yeah, I guess this kid transforms into this giant creature to fight kaijus. And I think that's really cool, honestly. I think that if they do the game well, 
which I do have hope in because, you know, Platinum's pretty good at combat and stuff. I think a game where you run around as this giant creature fighting giant monsters, like, I see the potential there. I think it could be a lot of fun. You know, I think it sounds like a pretty good game. And yeah, I guess, unfortunately, we don't have too much more like news that's basically all i've said so far because i guess they're just you know kind of just teasing it but yeah guys it's called project gg it has to do with heroes i mean in fact they're calling it uh the final entry in the hideki kamiya trilogy of a uh, hero works with the other two being you know beautiful joe and the wonderful 101 and so yeah i just hope that it's a, a good game you know because uh beautiful joe interesting game i thought that it was cool you could like mess with the camera and time and all that stuff likewise i think that the wonderful 101 the fact that you fight as like a hundred different people morphing into weapons and taking down huge creatures i thought that was really cool so yeah if they do something really interesting with this next one then i think they definitely have like a big winner on their hands so i'm excited like i always say i don't know if you're excited if you are you know stay excited keep an eye out for this and there you go Alrighty guys, transferring over to TV news. That's right, TV news. I couldn't really find anything too interesting in the world of, you know, movies. I feel like a lot of movie news stories were basically, you know, uh, rumors of upcoming stuff, a lot of Marvel news, a lot of DC news, you know, a lot of talk about Star Wars, different things that have been there, you know. So I didn't really think there was a lot of movie news this week, so that's why I'm skipping it. But uh, jumping over to TV news, this is kind of an interesting... News story, you know, uh, not so much because I like the show itself, but because I'm pretty happy to see this actor come back. You know, uh, you understand what I mean in a moment. Um, as the title of the article states, American Horror Story Season 10 cast revealed includes Macaulay Culkin. So that's what I meant. That even though I'm not a fan of American Horror Story, Honestly, it's one of those things that I've heard about, but I've never felt too interested in watching it. I, you know, this news story caught my attention because I think it sounds really cool that, you know, Macaulay Culkin is really putting himself out there lately. You know, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, Macaulay Culkin's this guy that when he was a kid, he was like this really big uh, you know child actor uh you know he made like the home alone movies he made the page master he made uh richie rich he just made um made a few movies here and there you know like i said he was a kid actor i guess what he's most known for though is like the home alone movies and then you know unfortunately after he really reached like, a certain age that he wasn't really a kid anymore Macaulay Culkin kind of just, just disappeared, you know, from the limelight. And no one really knew what his deal was. People were wondering if he was, like, on drugs, if he was dead, if he was depressed, that sort of thing. And even though he says that, you know, he's never been, like, in that that bad of a situation, he says that he kind of just wasn't in the mood of, like, really being public. Uh, in the last few years, he kind of has popped up again. Uh, you know, like, I know he, he has, like, a podcast and he tweets a lot on... Uh, on Twitter and that sort of thing. And it's so like I said, I think what caught my attention about this news story, not so much the American horror story part, because honestly, I've never watched the show and I don't really have an interest in it. But hearing that Macaulay Culkin's gonna star, you know, I think that's really cool. And like I said, I just think it's kind of cool that he finally emerges again from the shadows where he was hiding and seeing that he's working on projects again and stuff, you know, especially like mainstream stuff that people know about. I think that's cool, you know? So I wish him the best, you know, I think it's really cool. And yeah, you know, if you're a, a American Horror Story fan, 
I guess let me know how the show goes. You know, maybe I'll dive into it if people recommend it. But for now, that's it. Like I said, mostly just want to talk about Macaulay Culkin because I thought that was like really interesting. So yeah, there you go, guys. Let's move on. Alrighty, guys, moving on to our final news story. It is a, I guess you could say it's an anime news story. I mean, it has to do with anime. But yeah, it's another one of those where it's not so much about the news story itself, but stuff kind of surrounding it, if that makes sense. Uh, as the title of the article states, live action The Promised Neverland film cast Kaiko Kitagawa Naomi Watanabe. Now, like I said, I mean, I didn't really pick this news story that much because of the story itself. I mean, I don't even know who these actresses are, but I guess what really caught my attention was the fact that they're even making a live action The Promised Neverland, you know? Um, honestly, it's not like the worst idea. I feel like the more realistic an anime, you know, slash manga series is, I think it usually the easier it is to translate to live action. I feel like it's when it has like a lot of like CGI and monsters. It's like a lot of like when it's like a really big fantasy setting. I think that's when it's a little harder to like, you know, translate to live action. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it might be good. It might be. It might not. I mean, we don't we don't really know, like I said. But uh, yeah, it's just so weird because one of the things that I first noticed is that, you know, looking at the image of the two ladies in live action, both of them are very Japanese looking. And Sister Crone from The Promised Neverland is, of course, you know, black. So I get why she's not black, you know, in the live action. Because since this is in Japan, it's probably, like, less common for them to have, like, black Japanese actors or whatever. I mean, I don't even know how many, like, actors that happen to be black live in Japan or whatever. But still, it's just one of those things that you notice right away where you're like, oh, they're both Asian. Like, that that's weird, you know? Uh, and then another thing that I noticed that's kind of strange is that if you read through the article, it says that they're really changing the, like, the, the, uh, they're changing the age of the kids, you know? While all the kids in the original are 11, heading towards 12 years old, here it says that for whatever reason, uh, Emma's gonna be, hold on, I'm trying to look. Oh, it says that, yeah, instead of being, tw instead of being like, you know, around 12, all of the kids, like the older kids, they're going to be closer to 16. And then if you read about like the actress portraying them, yeah, the girl playing Emma, she's already 19 and the kids playing Ray and Norman, they're 13 and 17, you know, respectively. So yeah, it's just another thing that's kind of weird because I'm, you're so used to like when you watch the anime or you read through the manga. You're so used to seeing these be like younger kids that, you know, are on this, uh, in the, in this world. And like the main kids, you know, they, they even look like children. So seeing the image where they look very much like teenagers and they are played by older kids and they're supposed to be older. Like that's kind of a weird change, you know, like, I don't really know why they decided to mess with that. But I don't know. I mean, if you read through the article, it says that the person making the movie really likes the series really wants to, you know, get it right, apparently, even if they're changing some stuff. And I don't know. I mean, I think it's kind of silly to make a live-action version of this. I think the anime's fine. But, you know, who knows? I've heard there's some live-action stuff that when Japan makes it, it's fine. Not great, but it's it's okay. So, yeah, I mean, if you're ever interested in looking up the live-action version of The Promised Neverland, then that's coming, I believe, later this year. So, yeah, 
It's coming, ooh, at the end of the year, actually. So it's coming to Japan at the end of the year. I guess you can expect it everywhere else, you know, after that. But yeah, if you have an itching to watch The Promised Neverland in live action, basically that's coming, you know, within like the next year or so. So if that's interesting to you, check it out. More power to you. There you go. Alrighty, guys. And with that being said, that brings us to the end of the news week. And I'm just going to say it now. Also to the end of the podcast. Uh, honestly, while usually this is the part where I would transfer into the content creator spotlight, I don't know. You know, I have some news and some updates to tell you guys. So honestly, I just feel like I'm going to skip it. I think I just want to get to the point. So first things first, as usual, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the podcast. Hopefully there was something that made it interesting or entertaining or informative for you. Uh, whether it was me talking about modding my Switch or talking about the Mitsuri Festival or any of the news stories, you know, hopefully you guys enjoyed that. And jumping over, like I said, to the news that I wanted to give, uh, I guess it's time to talk about the hiatus I had mentioned. Uh, I don't know how many of you who listen to this are also, you know, people who like check out the channel. I feel like there is some pretty good overlap. I know that I do have some very loyal, you know, followers that do really listen to every episode and also like watch my content. But I thought this is the best spot to talk about the hiatus. Cause like I said, that's where like the most I feel loyal people are. And so yeah, I've been saying I wanna go on a hiatus. Funny part is some people thought I was already on the hiatus. Uh, early last week, you know, I talked to Sharifik cause I was helping him record something. And he's like, yeah, so how is the hiatus going, dude? And like, are you almost coming back? And I'm like, dude, the hiatus hasn't even started. I mean, give me some credit. I've been uploading some stuff like the, you know, Cuphead giveaway and all that. And he's like, oh, I had no idea. You know, this and that. I'm like, yeah, dude, the hiatus hasn't started yet. You know, I, I said I was going to give everybody a bit of a heads up first, you know. Uh, but yeah, like I said, um, I think I'm going to officially start the hiatus now as of the end of this episode. Basically, that means that, you know, I'm not going to upload content to the channel for a while, not even the podcast. Uh, if you don't even see me on YouTube, you know, like not commenting on videos and stuff. Don't feel bad. It's not that I'm ignoring you. It's that I'm probably just caught up in whatever I'm doing and I'm kind of just trying to like get a fresh start, you know, kind of just like step away from YouTube as a whole, you know. So if you don't see me comment on your stuff, like I said, no hard feelings. It's just that I'm kind of stepping away from everything. And yeah, as for the hiatus and how it's going to work, uh, I'm not going to upload content to the channel. I'm not going to work on the podcast. Uh, most likely you might see some videos and content that's on my channel right now. You might see it go down. Uh, mostly that's probably because I might be, you know, changing over to another channel or maybe if I feel like it doesn't really fit with what I want to do going forward, I might, you know, pull it down, that sort of thing. So, you know, if that happens, you know, just want to give you guys the heads up. And basically the way it's going to work is that um, during the hiatus, I don't know how long it's going to be. It might be a month, might be more. I'm basically just going to try to like, you know, be doing other stuff, you know, personal life stuff, trying to get my stuff in order. Uh, I'm gonna try to work on some scripts for content. I do have some ideas for some stuff that I want to do, for instance. Uh, I'm looking for like maybe new intros I can do, new collaborations, that sort of thing. So yeah, I don't really know what to say, but I guess I'm trying to say is that yeah, I will be gone for a while, but don't worry, no matter what, I will come back. You know, I wouldn't just leave and never come back. It's kind of a dick move. So, you know, wish me the best. I'm gonna be working on, you know, personal life content. 
I'm going to be working on scripts the best that I can. I'm going to be maybe like focusing on streaming a little bit because, you know, streaming is one of those things that I've been wanting to get into. I haven't really had a chance. So, you know, you might catch me over on uh, Twitch.tv. That's probably something I'm going to really try to get into. But yeah, guys, I don't know. I'm not that good at goodbyes, but I guess luckily this isn't really goodbye. It's more of a I'll see you next time. So, yeah, I'm officially going on hiatus. Don't know how long I'll be back. Like I said, wish me the best. You can probably catch me over on, on Twitch. That's somewhere where I will be, you know, hopefully, you know, trying to build that up. Uh, you can probably also catch me over on Terrific's channel. I'm probably going to continue to help him with content, you know, like the Majora's Mask LP and like the Pokemon movie analysis, that sort of thing. But yeah, for now, guys, it is goodbye. You know, I'll be gone for a while. Don't worry. I will be back. And yeah, I don't really know what else to say, guys. I guess just goodbye. Wish me the best. I love you all. And yeah, I'll see all of you soon enough, I guess. So one last time, you know, to close out episode 69. This is a wannabe reviewer. And I'll catch you guys next time. Bye-bye.